and welcome to Smells Like Quarantine Spirit, the podcast all about what I'm doing and learning during the coronavirus quarantine as we inch closer and closer to the 200,000 infected mark worldwide. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm your host, Ashlyn Romagnoli. No, you're not. <laughs> I'm your host, Ashlyn Romagnoli, not a pasta, and I am joined by my partner in podcast and in life, soon, anyway, Adam Lofbaum. Now you can say hi. Hey, hey everybody. <laughs> this podcast is made possible by my sweet, sweet fiance's home recording studio, which I am hijacking because I am not used to being home this much and I feel the need to stretch some new muscles and connect with some people and learn about some stuff. So thank you for pausing your um, actual work in order to let me mess around in here. I will try not to touch anything. No, I won't let you. I'm That's right prob- here. probably a lie. Yeah. Probably. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So here is the deal. Adam and I decided at some point last week to self-quarantine. Over the last few days, I can tell from my exponentially increased rates of text and Facebook messages that many of my friends have too. Of course, not everyone can actually make that choice. Lots of people have really indispensable jobs, so shout out to healthcare workers and grocery store restockers. And um, not everyone is making this choice voluntarily. Uh, My heart really goes out to people who've lost their jobs because of this. I know at least in Nashville... Our service industry friends had a hard enough time over the last few weeks because of the tornado, and now this. Super lame. Buy restaurant gift certificates or your favorite restaurant spot may not be there when this is all done. So, okay. PSA done. All right. So, I don't know about all of you, but I have been obsessively reading the news to learn everything I can about this virus. Sometimes I wake up in the night and huddle under the covers so as not to disturb Adam too much as I scroll through those endless articles. Do you know that there is a guy in Italy who lied about his symptoms so he could have a nose job and then exposed all of his doctors to coronavirus? Did you know that? I didn't know that. No, that's really messed up. That's crazy, right? Okay, we we can say fuck. I don't know. Can we say fuck? I don't know. Should we say fuck? We probably shouldn't. We probably shouldn't say fuck. I don't know. Oh, well. Okay. Too late now. We did. Okay. Well, but even I cannot hyper-focus and obsess forever, so I want to do something useful. Um, this podcast is going to be a collection of recommendations of things to do while you are stuck in quarantine, things that we are doing, or I am doing, if I can't convince Adam to join along. Yeah, I do have 50% of the things. (laughs) But it's going to also be a quick dive into an area of that thing that has nothing to do with the coronavirus, or technically very little to do with the coronavirus, because actually I kind of fucked it up this week, and... This is totally going to remind you of the coronavirus. But anyway, it's something cool I've learned about probably while reading one of the random books from the many, many, many stacks just lying around our house. I mean, a lot of books. Yeah, we have a lot of books, books about art, books about science fiction, Victorian history, a surprising number of biographies of musicians that peaked in the 80s. You name it. Yeah. Any others you can think of? Um, You know, project management books, business books. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) All yeah. that good stuff. Anyway. Motorcycle books. Motorcycle books. We do have a lot of motorcycle and car books. Okay. So, <laughs> just to get our minds off of it and remind ourselves that there is still some cool shit out there. Um, but, like I said, I've kind of already failed about taking our minds off the idea of plagues because today's subject is dancing and dance plagues. Okay. So, quarantine day one recommendation. Dancing. A universal language, so they say. We love dancing. Well, I cannot dance, and I feel really, really awkward if I'm doing it while I'm sober. But Adam, 
Adam must dance. I must dance. So, just as a very quick little background, mm-hmm. I first discovered this on a very early date of ours. We were at a very cool little jazz club in Nashville, <laughs> having very casual drinks at the bar. We didn't know each other that well. And all of a sudden, I'm sitting in the bar. Rudy's and I'm, jazz room. We're, Let's plug them. Yeah, Rudy's. Rudy's. Yeah, Go shout Rudy's. out to Rudy's. Um, and all of a sudden, I notice Adam is kind of like moving in his seat a little bit, just mm-hmm. like... Just like bobbing him, like, okay, that's cool. He's like loose, he's with it, he's feeling it. I'm awesome. This must be going really well. And then, like, 20 minutes later, he's like kind of like half in, half out of his seat. And I'm like, okay, I don't really know. <laughs> Does this guy have to pee or something? Yeah, like, oh, yeah, exactly. That's totally what I thought that you were like, had to pee or were trying to run and leave me with Bill because Rudy's is great, but not like the cheapest cocktails in town. And then all of a sudden, he like is like a full foot away from me. And it's just like dancing, just full on dancing. There was a live band, so it was awesome. There was like at least one other human dancing, not definitely not more than that though. <laughs> and he was just like asked if I wanted to dance. So I, being a not super keen dancer, I actually did get up and and dance with him. You did a little bit. You did. I tried. You got into it. <laughs> um, but I felt super awkward I was about impressed. it. I hope you were, because that took a lot of psychic energy <laughs> to do. Um, and later he told me that he just, like, had to dance, but he felt so torn about it because he didn't want me to think he was a big weirdo. Yeah. He is a big weirdo. I'm a big weirdo. I know that now, but now I've promised to marry him, so whatever. <laughs> um, but anyway. out of the bag. So... Adam must dance, so we dance a lot. And I dance a lot more than I am comfortable with, but it's a good thing for me. And I feel like dancing is a really, really good thing to put on your quarantine to-do list for a lot of reasons. Oh, hell yeah. Not least of all, no one's watching you. That's right. No one's watching you. Like, I feel like a lot of my friends when they were kids used to lock themselves up in their rooms and practice dances. I did not really do that because, like... Even unobserved, I was, like, super straight-laced. Um, but now's your chance. Yeah. Now's your chance. It's learn, good for your soul. Good for your soul. Learn yeah. to twerk. Learn to floss. Mm-hmm. Um, learn some skills. I need to work on my flossing. No, you don't. Don't do that. <laughs> um, but learn some skills that when you get out of this, um, you can bring to the super dope party we are definitely going to have yeah. when this is all over. Yeah, that's right. We're going to have a big hoedown. Yeah, sure. That's what they call them down here (laughs) in the (laughs) South. Okay. So anyway, dancing is what you should be doing. So let's talk about something cool about dancing. So I'm going to talk to you a little bit today about dancing plagues, specifically one particular one in 1518. Okay. So here is an account from the Strasbourg Chronicle in 1518 around the time of this plague. Quote, A remarkable disease spread at this time among the people. Many in their madness began to dance, which they did day and night without interruption until they fell down unconscious. Many died in consequence. Okay, so I should also take this moment to mention that Adam is a professional voice actor Mm -hmm. by trade. So unfortunately for you, I'm writing these and driving them, so I'm going to do most of the talking, but I am going to have him read the actual sources because it sounds really cool. Okay, so, (laughs) yes, you heard us right. Dancing plague. It is a dancing plague. 
There was once literally a plague that made people, and lots of people, hundreds and hundreds of people, dance until they actually died. And not just once. There were many dancing plagues. There was one in 1274, one in Aachen in 1374 that spread all over what we now know as Germany, Italy, and Luxembourg. It was seen in Holland, Switzerland. The biggest one took place in what is now France in a little town called Strasbourg. Whoa. So, I know. So, in this instance, uh, there was a woman called Frau Trophea um, who began dancing in the street one day. I would assume some sort of jig like they would have in the Middle Ages, or at least what excellent movies with like... Um, period costumes period, and period costume flowing dresses. Sean Connery yeah. as King Arthur um, <laughs> featured, stuff like that. Um, some sort of jig, not like a floss or a twerk or a mashed potato. So anyway, she starts dancing. <laughs> within a week, 34 other people had joined her, and within a month, she had either inspired or infected about 400 dancers. So a source of the time notes that they would dance and hop in the public market, in alleys and streets, day and night, and many of them ate nothing until the last sickness left them. This affliction was called St. Vitus's Dance. Okay, so I know this sounds absolutely bananas. Let me say it again. People just danced until they died. Uh, I've told Adam about this before briefly, but I am pretty sure he did not believe me he did at not first. Believe this, no. And uh, spoiler alert, we don't actually fully know what caused this, even to this day. But we do know that it happened. It did happen. Because there were just so many eyewitnesses, including the crazy famous and super rad Dutch painter Peter Bruegel, whose work you definitely know if you went anywhere near an AP art history class, and that people were actually dancing. They were definitely dancing, not just twitching, and that people died as a result of it. So I guess there could be worse ways to go, but I will definitely stick with my OD on something that makes me feel really, really great while driving my convertible into an active volcano death over what has to be the sheer exhaustion of literally dancing yourself to death. Or, in the case at Utrecht, drowning when over 200 people danced on the Mosul Bridge until it collapsed. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. And what's even crazier, um, and again, this is already getting like way longer than I thought it would, but there were so many interesting things about this that I can't help but plug a few other things to Google for you. So Bring like, it out. It's a pilot episode. Great. Make it long. <laughs> Make it long. Google Tarantism. I think that's how it's pronounced. Hmm. Literally, there is a type of folk song called the Tarantella that is named after this type of disease. So supposedly, people were bitten by a spider. Uh, or like a scorpion, sometimes they said. They didn't really know. This hasn't really been proven. But anyway, and then they danced until they performed this dance and it cured them. I don't know what that's about. What? It was weird. It did happen mm. in Italy. Crazy. Uh, another link to today. I don't mm -hmm. know. Uh, thoughts with everyone in Italy right now. Maybe clubbing is the cure. No, no. That is never the cure. That is never the answer. <laughs> we cannot go dance. Okay, but anyway, back to the dancing plague we're talking about. So people had, like, no idea what to do about this. Um, so at one point, officials actually tried to play along, and they hired musicians to help them kind of, like, dance it all out. Like, I guess they thought it would, like, exercise the demon of dance. But they found that that only increased the eagerness of the dancers, so especially drums. So then the government actually had to release a statement about this saying... If honorable persons wish to dance at weddings or celebrations, they may do so using stringed instruments, but they are on their conscience not to use tambourines or drums. No tambourines. No tambourines. No tambourines. No drums. No drums. No nope. 
we've been hearing some pretty insane press releases and briefings from our White House right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, again, I'm doing a really bad job just distracting us from this. But again, pilot episode, we're messing it up. It's fine. So anyway, so what could this have possibly been? So there are like three broad categories we can look at here. One being physical. Uh, two being mental. Three being spiritual. So we can dive in backwards if that sounds good to you. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So um, especially if you live in the South, Mm -hmm. um, which if we have any listeners, I imagine they are. Um, Hello, people that I know personally. If you've made it this (laughs) this far. Um, You're probably at least aware of the idea of religious fervor. So things like speaking in tongues, performing miracles, and sometimes dancing as well can go along with your speaking with tongues. It's like, I don't know, peanut butter and jelly. Um, what can I say? People get really jazzed about Jesus or Allah or whoever they so choose. But in this case, it could have been at least one of two saints. So the first one being St. John the Baptist and a little bit later, St. Vitus. Hmm. So St. John was the first and there was like something to do with like the similarity of his head falling to the ground after he was beheaded that reminded people of how... The victims of this disease suffered. Oh wow! So they yeah. were possessed by the spirit well, of John the Baptist. Well, no, not like possessed by him, but but just like it reminded them of him. Okay. And he actually is still the patron saint of epilepsy to this day, which mm. also feels kind of related to this. Wow. But um, apparently, at some point, a whole posse of these crazed dancers were miraculously cured when they were brought to the chapel of Saint Vitus. So I even read one source that said that people thought the mania might be a curse from St. Vitus, hmm. which seems kind of weird to me because I was raised Catholic and I didn't even know saints were allowed to do that. Um, but that's pretty cool, if <laughs> true. Hmm. Okay. Anyway, so there is actually also some evidence that suggests that even after the big cases started to dissipate, attacks would recur Um around once a year, around their feast days of St. Vitus or St. John, so that's a little suspicious. Oh, that is weird. Um, oh, also fun fact, though, uh, St. Vitus is also a super cool venue in New York, so... Also a badass Black Sabbath song. That, yeah, true. Right? Okay, so we have a lot to thank St. Vitus for, whether or not he's <laughs> cursing people to dance. Okay, so there was this one contemporary witness. His name was Hieronymus Gebweiler, or Gebweiler? I don't know. Anyway, Gebweiler. Um who saw hired guards. So they actually sometimes had to hire guards to watch these dancing people to just like, I don't know, make sure they like didn't go crazy or die. Although they didn't do very well because they did die. But anyway, um, so he witnessed as they quote, danced day and night with those poor people. But toward evening, they tied them all onto wagons and took them to St. Vitus of Holstein. Hohenstein. 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 Okay. To St. Vitus of Hohenstein. After their pilgrimage there was finished and they were danced all out, they took them home again. Okay, so that's like another point in the idea that it was some sort of religious fervor and then maybe St. Vitus cursed them and then maybe when they went and danced or, you know, in a lot of religions, dance can be worshipful. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's kind of a sign of, of, I don't know, I don't know, appeasing appeasing the saint. Who knows? Um, But they they took him home. And some of them did survive. So it could could have been that. Um, Although there were also some cases of kids, I believe, who were afflicted with it. And then throughout the rest of their lives, they experienced tremors. Um, So not full-blown dancing forever, but they did have some symptoms that went on Mm. later. So anyway, I don't know. So on to option two. So I hear you ask. We have psychology today. 
um, we don't really have to only uh, subscribe to the idea that it was, you know, religious hysteria or possession or, you know, demons or whatever it was. So mass hysteria is totally a thing. And this sounds a lot like that. So it's very true. And if you actually look at Wikipedia's list of mass hysteria cases through history, I know that we know that Wikipedia has everything, but the fact that they do have a list of mass hysteria cases throughout history is kind of nuts. But this plague that we're talking about is on that list. Hmm. So from that Wikipedia article, they said, quote, In sociology and psychology, mass hysteria, also known as mass psychogenic illness, collective hysteria, group hysteria, or collective obsessional behavior, is a phenomenon that transmits collective illusions of threats, whether real or imaginary, through a population and society as a result of rumors and fear. In medicine, the term is used to describe the spontaneous manifestation, production of chemicals in the body, of the same or similar hysterical physical symptoms by more than one person. Okay, so like in recent times, there are actually way more examples than I'd ever heard of or thought would be possible. Uh, one I did know about, the 2016 clown sightings. Say what? Do you remember this? No. Yeah, okay, so like a bunch of people in North America. Oh, no, no there's a documentary to, about this yeah, now. Yeah, they like thought that they saw clowns all over the place, which but is the, like but a it's personal real. nightmare. Of, well, it's real that there was. The first guy, but then it, maybe, it sort of spiraled I don't know. Up I don't know okay. about the first guy. But lots of people thought okay. that they saw clowns. Crazy. It is crazy and scary. Like some people thought that it was, I think, like a, a like a like it? promotional thing for uh, it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I wish I'd thought of that. That would yeah. be cool. Um. Anyway, so that's on the list. Uh, <laughs> there was also a really crazy sounding incident in 1980 called the Hollandwell incident that saw 300 people, mostly children, but also including adults and babies hmm? and i'm like babies like they don't they don't have guile yet right wow. hopefully um but they would have fainting attacks nausea and other symptoms that were not explained um another one going a I little blame further on fracking maybe yeah i can we can blame basically know. all of it on fracking um the 1938 halifax slasher was another one um apparently a made-up madman who attacked a bunch of people but all these people eventually admitted that they hurt themselves but they did so independently so it wasn't like this conspiracy to, like, create this slasher in their town what? to, I don't know, promote tourism or whatever. They actually, like, I guess just convinced themselves or, or decided they wanted the publicity and they all did that. So, <laughs> basically, mass hysteria is totally real. And it sounds like people have actually hurt themselves doing this. But I think it's pretty hard to believe that so many random people would be able to literally dance themselves to death without the help of some sort of serious drug or disease. Because I cannot imagine anyone having that kind of willpower, except ultra marathoners, and I don't think we had that in the Middle Ages. Back then, I'm pretty sure they just called it fleeing from the war zone or something like that. <laughs> um, okay, so still on the table, but a little bit weird to think that people could, like hundreds of people, could literally dance until they die. So the last option, um, physical. So is was this a medical condition? I mean, we haven't seen much of it lately, but um, maybe it was. Um, we don't have any examples of this right now to test with newfangled sciences. So we can turn to a guy who is actually there. His name was Paracelsus. Um, he was a doctor um, around the time of the 1518 plague and actually witnessed it all firsthand. Now, I am not going to lie. From my extremely cursory research, so I know I'm probably getting a biased opinion, maybe it's not true, but anyway, it sounds like Paracelsus really, really sucked. Even by his own admission, quote, 
I am said to be a strange fellow with an uncivil answer. Right. So he actually said that about himself, that he was a weirdo who was rude. And frankly, I read that 21 of his servants ended up being hanged for things like stealing art from him, receiving patients for lesser fees. He also, like, had a lot of shit to say about apothecaries being unfair and cruel. Anyway, sounds like he didn't really like anyone and nobody really liked him either. But he did seem to be pretty passionate about medicine. So, again, I've had, like, one day of learning about this. But he did note that things like, uh, things like, poison being able to be carried in the air which sounds crazy except that like they didn't have germs back then or at least they didn't know what germs were so that feels pretty legit like um Mm -hmm. and i guess maybe we can just another quick psa like no coronavirus is not actually airborne but like spit particles i think can hover in the air for a while and you can walk through a cloud of that stuff so Mm -hmm. again social distancing six feet away um it's not poison in the air but it is germs in droplets gross yeah gross yeah okay so the way that he thought wouldn't match up to our medical standards today because he thought basically that individuals would physically jerk and twist as a result of the physical manifestation of an idea or opinion that could grow inside of them and deprive them of reason so maybe if he lived today he would have been on team mass hysteria but actually i mean he's still like his whole deal was that he rejected the idea that it was religious Um, In origin, he was just like, no, like, this is a physical disease. Um, So, again, we don't really know exactly what it was, but um, he was on team, team physical, physical cause, actual illness. So what people suspect it may have been today, which is still not thoroughly vetted and not everyone believes this, but it's pretty interesting. Um, The most common hypothesis today is actually mycotoxins. If that Mm -hmm. sounds familiar to you... It should, because... You listen to too much Dave Asprey. Yeah. (laughs) Or, like, have way too much time on your hands on the weekends, because um, it is very similar to what you find in shrooms or LSD. So the idea was that people may have ingested some mold on some grain. I think Mm -hmm. it was a type of rye that could get wet and mold. Ergot. Is the mold, yeah, that forms on grain. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly the word. I didn't yeah. even include it here. Oh my god! Yeah. I'm so, you right. know so many things. I know some stuff. You're great. A few things. <laughs> so the idea was that like they might have ingested this, and then like danced their high little butts off. Mm-hmm. Literally. For real. Literally danced their butts off. I may or may not have been there. Done that. Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> okay. So we have these like very brief hypotheses. I'm not really sure where I land. I'm kind of inclined to think it's a little column A, a little column B. Um, I think that the way people responded to religious fervor and religious hysteria back then was probably really different than how we think of it now. Um, I think sympathetic responses to medical things are, are pretty common and documented. So maybe maybe one person took too many shrooms and then everyone else was like, eh, you know, like that annoying kid in high school who you like give seltzer to and they're like, mm-hmm. I'm totally drunk, guys. Woo! Um, but fortunately for me, I don't have to know. I just wanted to tell you a little bit about this weird phenomenon and maybe get you interested in learning more or not. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's enough dancing mania for you. <laughs> Either way, that's it for me tonight. And I think for Adam, too, probably. He's been in this booth working very hard all day. I have been in here for multiple hours many, today many already. Many, hours. So thank you for listening. 
Don't forget to practice your dance moves. There will be a dance-off after Mm -hmm. this quarantine. And take care. Bye, y'all. Be well. (laughs) Okay. Okay, I think we're done. done.